0: Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Bet US NFL show. I am merely the somewhat capable host, T.J. Reeves. You are here for our handicappers. Got Chris Farley back with me. How you feeling, my friend?
1: Man, T.J., let me tell you something. Last weekend in the world of NFL betting, uh, as long as I've been doing this, was probably one of my worst. So I said I was feeling dangerous last week, T.J. I don't know what <laughs> I'm feeling this week, but we're going to get this right. So looking forward to being on the show and giving some better picks.
0: We are excited for a lot of reasons, including it is a new week, and it's actually going to begin as we come your way live on Thursday with the Dolphins, the unbeaten Dolphins, two unbeaten teams left. Am I correct on that? The Dolphins and the Eagles, and we got one of them tonight playing against Cincinnati on Thursday night football as we're live on Thursdays. And Brad Thomas is also with us. You hear hear him, see him on our soccer coverage of the Premier League, et cetera, on BET US TV, but he also does the pigskin. In addition to the global football, he also does the pigskin Good to be with you, my friend, and good to have you on the BetUS NFL show.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk football, both the global football and American football. And by the way, the
0: best hairdo on BetUS. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bar none. I appreciate none, that. Put it up right. against uh, all of it. Uh, There with that. And we should make mention at the top of the show here as we come your way live. I do this show in the state of Florida. I often joke that people think I do these shows in the state of confusion. It is actually in the state of Florida in West Central Florida in the Tampa Bay area, the home of the Buccaneers, uh, who I'm associated with and do their radio. Brad is also in Central Florida in Orlando. So we in the Tampa Bay area have largely escaped Hurricane Ian that many of you know about, have been seeing on the news, et cetera, in the Tampa Bay area with minimal damage. Obviously, to the south of us in Fort Myers, uh, just obliterated by a Category 4 hurricane with 150-mile-an-hour winds. And, Brad, you're actually in Orlando. You got the remnants of about a Category 2 or Category 1 hurricane, Ian. And you fared all right. You've posted here on the show— How are things in and around you in Central Florida?
2: Yeah, so luckily where I live, um, you know, it's an undeveloped area, a lot of land, a lot of the retention areas. So we got pretty fortunate. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of, you know, my family in areas I grew up, they're flooded. So we're just going to, you know, send prayers out for them that it dries up quickly, not a lot of damage, and people are, you know, staying safe.
0: Yeah, it's crazy that this thing came through the middle of the state, Chris, as we've been talking about, and, and Brad knows this too, went right underneath tampa bay came through the middle of the state and is now shot out towards the atlantic ocean and is actually going to hook back while we play weather channel here for just one more second it's going to hook back towards the carolinas this weekend and bad weather obviously could be a factor in some of the games in the carolinas the panthers are playing the cardinals that we're going to talk about and then obviously up through the east coast on saturday night into sunday rain may be a factor in some of these games We'll pay attention to that. And again, uh, our hearts go out to those that have been suffering here for the last day and a half or so through the path of Hurricane Ian. We press on, though, on the program. Let's take a look at our week number four. You see the overall record is 11 and 11. Chris, just a little bit below the Mendoza line. We should mention that Las Vegas, Chris, was here a couple of weeks ago and was six and two for the life of me. I, Farley, I did not major in math in school but if he's an additional six and two that would have us at 17 and 13 would it not on the sh- it. i mean that's not that's not bad so we're making money at least here on the bet us show when we have something to live up to and with that i think we're ready to begin things i think we're ready to start things off with thursday night football and a game that is going to be coming up in cincinnati very intriguing for the miami dolphins who as i mentioned are one of two unbeaten teams remaining and they are a road underdog against the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals finally got a win uh, last week over the New York Jets. The line is three and a half. The total is 48 and a half. And we're going to have a couple of different plays from Brad Thomas to start things off on the Bet US NFL show. What do you like, my friend, and why?
2: Yeah, so first I'm going to be on the Bengals minus three and a half. And honestly, all season, the Bengals are going to be a public favorite all season, anytime they're a favorite. But for me, it's not really so much about the Bengals. It's more of fading the Dolphins. The Dolphins were on the field for 42 and a half minutes last week. Since 2000, there have been four other times where defense was on the field that, many, that much time. And they allowed the next week 30 points per game with the lowest being 23. And for me, attacking the Dolphins is fine. You know why? Because their defense has been very shaky. Their secondary has been shaky. The Bills, if it weren't for a Josh Allen few bad passes, the Bills are winning that game. And it's going to be hard for the Dolphins to get pressure on Joe Burrow. That's funny to say, right? Uh, A team struggling to get pressure on this terrible Bengals offensive line. But... The, the Dolphins haven't done well rushing the quarterback. And I think that Joe Burrow is going to have a ton of time. And he's going to be able to carve up that secondary, a secondary who's been abused in just about every game they've played so far, which leads me into my next pick. And that's Jamar Chase, over 73 and a half yards. So Jamar Chase has yet to have that massive. Well, he did against the Steelers, but again, it's the Steelers and they're playing from behind. But the next two games, he does not have that massive Jamar Chase game that we were used to last year. Now he's going against a secondary that's allowed over 100 yards to Rashard Bateman, 100 yards to Mark Andrews, 100 yards to Isaiah McKenzie, 100 yards to Stephon Diggs. Now we have Jamar Chase, who has another very good matchup against a team who's going to be reeling in the secondary because they, they've been on the field just so much, and you know. Joe Burrow – so there's, there's a narrative – Uh, perspective in betting that we have to actually pay attention to Joe Burrow is going to talk about this Alabama LSU rivalry all the time and he's going to want to cook to a he's going to want to cook to a like he did uh, (laughs) that championship year and so I think he's going to feed Jamar a ton
0: all right so two plays coming here for Brad right away Uh, just a thought here Chris Farley I know no official play These Thursday night games, especially early in the year, always seem to favor in terms of stamina, second half or whatever, the team that's at home. And the Bengals are at home in this instance. Do you put a lot of stock in that early in the year on the home team for Thursday night football?
1: Yeah, I I do put stock in that. And I especially put stock in that in a situation like this, right? I like a lot of things that Brad said there. I mean, kind of the public perception right now, too, right? If you look at, you know, website hits and everything. You talk about the Dolphins. You talk about Tua the hits are up, right? People love to hear about this team. They're a very public team right now. 3-0 and against Belichick, Harbaugh, and Sean McDermott. I mean, not easy teams to go 3-0 and again. So on paper, you're like, oh, wow, the Dolphins are elite. I had a few people actually message me. Why are the Dolphins three and a half point favorites, or I'm sorry, underdogs on the road? Seems like a gimme play, right? No, uh, that's a huge red flag. And it's a red flag because there is a confluence of factors heading into this game. A perfect storm, if you will, no pun intended. But, I mean, Dolphins, right? The storm hit them, too. They probably have to worry about their family. Right? practices are different. Now they have to go up to Cincinnati. Tua's a little banged up. They have multiple injuries, actually. Uh, I, th- I believe Jalen Waddle is also questionable heading into this contest, right? And then you have the Bengals, who are just kind of sitting pretty at home, finally got their win. Uh, there's some controversy over Tua's concussion. Like Brad mentioned, over 40 minutes on the field, their defense in that last game against the Bills in the heat and humidity of South Florida. This just sets up for a Bengals blowout. And, you know, listen, maybe some people still think that there's some value because you got the hook on the Dolphins. I would just steer clear of this game, or maybe if you like the Bengals, you can take them. I think the Bengals team total is probably a good look here too. That defense has to be exhausted. And that's just what happens sometimes, right? Not that any team mails it in. But when it's not an ideal setup, maybe they rest players a little bit. You know, let's see how the Dolphins come out in the first half, because if they don't look very fired up, I think it might be a long night for them.
0: On the Tua point, the NFL did clear the concussion situation. Uh, when is a concussion not a concussion because he certainly looked like he got hit by a right hook from Mike Tyson when he got up after the hit in the first half they had him out for a while then Brad they put him back in the game he oh, actually yeah. played all right it was crazy so Tua is cleared to play the Dolphins have have uh, have obviously got to travel up to Cincinnati and they did so on Wednesday morning to make sure they avoided Hurricane Ian. They went ahead and went Wednesday morning instead of later in the day on Wednesday. They're there in Cincinnati. And Brad is all over two different plays. That is the Bengals, he says, lay the points with Cincinnati. And you love Jamar Chase to have a big game on Thursday night football one more time here. Uh, You're looking at him being targeted a bunch, maybe even early on in this game one more
2: time. Right, Brad? Yeah, absolutely. Jamar Chase, he's going to get the targets. And you want to keep your wide receivers happy. You think he's happy about having less than 30 yards last game, no touchdown. You think he's happy about having less than 60 yards a game before that? No. Feed him the rock.
0: All right. Fair enough. So there is game number one, the Thursday night game. Again, depending on when you're watching us, you already know what happened there. If you're seeing us later, obviously on Friday or for the weekend. But there's what we have for the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's move on to the Sunday action and we get an early game because it's in England at Wembley Stadium in England, where the New Orleans Saints have traveled there along with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, to play over in the U.K. in what will be a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time start. Adjust your time zone accordingly. The Vikings laying three off their comeback win over the Lions. What's up with the Saints for a couple of different reasons? Back-to-back losses in the division at home to my Buccaneers. And then last week, the losing on the road at Carolina. And now question marks around Jameis Winston as well. Uh, Winston not practicing on Wednesday or on Thursday in England. Andy Dalton, the veteran backup, has been getting the snaps. So there is going to be an official play again here, and that is for Brad. Brad, what do you like in this game, especially with the quarterback uncertainty for the Saints?
2: Yeah, I'm on the Minnesota Vikings, and first I'm going to talk about value. Uh, anytime you get minus three for plus money on a team that I think will win this game by three or more 60% of the time, we're getting a lot of value on this lineup. So this, I like this, the spread with or without Jameis in the game. If Jameis is out, Andy Dalton's in most importantly, the question mark we need to talk about is Michael Thomas. This offense is already terrible. They are 26 in offensive e e f e i E F E I right now. And They're going against a Vikings team, although they allowed a ton of points to the Detroit Lions, a Vikings defense who's still pretty good. People are going to look at that Lions game, and they're going to make all these assumptions that the Vikings are no longer a good team. The Vikings can't compete. But what they're going to fail to realize is this Detroit Lions team is a lot better than people are going to expect. And most importantly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that second half against the Saints were actually able to move the ball. Much like you, I'm a Buccaneer. I know exactly how bad that Tampa Bay offense stinks. This Vikings team will be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to pass the ball. And them winning that game against the Detroit Lions sets them up so well for the season because they still have their, their eyes set on a playoff berth. They still have their eyes set on winning the division. If they lose that game to the Detroit Lions, I feel like that's going to that could have been a season-defining moment. Now they play the Saints, who can't move the ball yeah Saints defense is all right but I mean look at the teams they've played and the offenses that they've played I, I don't know too much about the Saints and if I'm talking about from a power rankings perspective I have the Vikings top 10 I have the Saints probably bottom three so I'm getting th- I'm getting three points it's not a home game it's a London game I don't know if the Saints score more than 14 points and I I I'd imagine the Vikings put three touchdowns through.
0: So uh, Chris Farley here to you. I know you don't have an official play again, which Minnesota Minnesota awful in the Monday night game with Philadelphia awful really for the first half of the game with the Lions came on strong at home. Dalvin Cook is also an injury question mark as we release this show and do it live on Thursday. Uh, Again, he was limited in practice in England. They've already practiced They're five hours ahead. He was limited in practice in England. So he's a question mark. Uh, but this is more, as Brad is saying, about New Orleans and the unknown and Michael Thomas's situation, and they've turned the ball over a bunch with Jameis the last two games. Can Andy Dalton maybe stabilize things if he's the quarterback, Chris? Do you got a thought?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, TJ. Um, we just saw a comment from Mark that he thinks the Vikings are the right side here. I guess I'm just a little skeptical about this one, right? We saw the Saints last year. They got their butt kicked by the Panthers early in the season last year. Then they came back and had a big win the following week. Now, of course, is that a different Saints organization? Yeah. It was a Drew Brees. It was with Sean Payton. Things are a little bit different this year. But Jameis Winston, I, I just don't think he should have been playing the past few weeks. You know, Four fractures in his back, has an ankle injury. Uh, Andy Dahl might be the stabilizer they need, at least to just get a little more creative on offense and maximize their talent. And Chris Olave is getting a ton of air yards. It just, you know, It's just not amounting to a lot of completions and production just yet. They did easily outgain the Panthers last week. You know, there was just a lot of mistakes in that game. You know, a a field goal blocked for a touchdown, or was it a fumble or something? There's just, you know, a a lot of turnovers, right? Just typical Jameis football, but especially when he's injured. Uh, It's just just not a good uh, situation right there now for him. So I kind of like that he's not practicing. I just, I think the Saints could be a little feisty in this one. And the line is a little weird too, right? We're seeing the Saints at plus three, but it's juiced up. You know, they're giving you even money to bet on the on the Vikings. It was three and a half and now so I don't know. It just feels like if the Vikings are as good as a lot of people think they are, that this should be a little heavier sided on the Vikings. So it's a stay away game for me, but I think the Saints could be a little feisty here. I mean, you go international too, anything can happen, and we've seen that before.
0: Yep. In these uh in these situations, the teams go over there. Obviously, a few days early, get acclimated, et cetera. We'll see if it makes a difference and for whom. Again, we don't know Dalvin Cook's status in the game. We do know this, though. Brad Thomas is all over the Minnesota Vikings for an official play here. He says, take them in London. Cheerio! Take them in London uh, here to see if the Vikings can get things going. Uh, it would be a 3-1 and start if they get the win, which with the first-year coach, Kevin O'Connell, the former offensive coordinator in New England and a couple of other places, if he gets a 3-1 and start, that's a good start Uh, for them and it would be a rocky one and three start post Sean Payton for the Saints if it happens that way in this one all right we continue on Sunday and now we get to the Sunday early games uh, in the afternoon and this will include the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts the Colts off of one of the upsets of the season so far by beating the Kansas City Chiefs for their first win last week they are three and a half point favorites Tennessee uh, very impressive in the first half, then hung on to beat the Raiders at home last week for their first win. Tennessee getting three and a half here on the US line. The total at 42. Chris Farley, we are coming to you first. Right back to you. What is the official play on this one?
1: Yeah, I like the Titans here a lot, especially because we're getting the hook, right? I mean, to me, these are two very even teams. So if you're giving me three and then three and a half, uh, so you get the hook under a field goal, not too shabby. For whatever reason, the Colts have not beat the Titans at home in the regular season since 2018. For whatever reason when Tennessee goes over there they're pretty comfortable and how could I be impressed by the Colts last week? I mean I give I give Matt Ryan credit. He hung in there, tough, taking hits, scrambling all game. But man, you talk about a confluence of factors to benefit the Colts in that game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs made just four terrible, terrible mistakes in special teams that in my opinion that led to the Colts win. Now, the Colts defense stepped up there too, but Again, you know, a lot of people talking about Shaq Leonard, too, and how that's going to change this defense. Maybe. You know, maybe if if he comes back, they're a lot better. I mean, he's a great player. But from reports that I'm seeing from Frank Reich, they're just not uh, very confident yet, like, in his movement. You know, he's just not as explosive. He's not quite ready. So even if he plays, I'm not sure it makes a big difference in this one. We saw Derrick Henry finally get going a little bit last week against the Raiders. Uh, You know, we saw Tannehill mix it up with his wide receivers a little bit. And this is just a tough team. It's going to continue to be a tough team under Mike Vrabel. You know, I I can't. You know, that loss in week two against the Bills that was more about the Bills, if you ask me. If the Titans are not what they used to be. I think that's especially true without AJ Brown because he was Tannehill's safety blanket, game in and game out. But they're still going to be a competitive team, especially in a divisional matchup. So three and a half, I gotta like the Titans here.
0: Well, And again, uh, here for this matchup, the uh, the status of uh, Jonathan Taylor, another player that missed practice on Wednesday. He's got a toe injury. He's a big part of the Colts offense. He ran it well in the game with Kansas City, but he's an unknown as we head uh, towards the weekend um i love this play with you uh we'll we'll plug our brother's show here on bet us tv three dog thursday i was all over this on three dog thursday of am liking the titans on the road they are four and one straight up and against the spread in the last five meetings against the colts and all of those games by the way against frank reich as the head coach even though matt ryan's the first year quarterback all right brad that's enough of us on this game i know you don't have an official play but any
2: thought on titans colts real quick before we move on yeah, for me, it's going to be Titans or nothing. Um, I do a segment on my personal Twitter page called Operation Fade, where I look at the top four most public bet NFL spreads and I fade one. And last week I By the way, the
0: Operation Fade does not have anything to do with the hairdo, because that's an outstanding <laughs> fade. This is a different fade that yeah. we're talking about, Brad. Go ahead.
2: Yes. And so I, I faded the I faded the Chiefs and I just felt it was a perfect storm for the Chiefs. Now when watching that game. If you were to ask me at the end of the game if I felt like I made the right decision, I would tell you I did not. It took a myriad of fortunate events for the Colts to win. I was not impressed, and I have not been impressed with the Colts' offensive line. I was not impressed, I have not been impressed with Matt Ryan's decision-making. There's just so much that happens in that game. You would think that watching Matt Ryan, uh, he's probably in his third or fourth year, right? He holds the ball too long. He he throws too many turnover-worthy passes. And now you're going against a Titans team who Ryan Tannehill was playing for his job. If you, you ask me, he was playing for his job last week. And he's even scored a touchdown with his wheels. Like, it's just the perfect storm for the Titans to cover in this game because I don't think both teams are either very good. Uh, I have them both rated pretty lowly on my on my power rankings. And they're both 1-4 and four against the spread in their last five games. So just like Chris said, if they're really even, you get 3.5, you got to take it.
0: From the Titans, obviously, we're looking forward to seeing what they can do here in this. Again, keep in mind, Chris knows this, he's a Giants guy, and we're about to talk about the Giants here in just a second. Uh, the Titans had the game, and then the Giants late in the game, shoulda, coulda, woulda, uh, get the touchdown, get the two, but the Titans then go down and get into field goal range, and Randy Bullock missed the kick in his own stadium. If he makes that kick, then we're talking about them winning in the opening week. Instead, it's a loss. It's an 0-2 start. They won last week, so for whatever it's worth, we'll see what happens Uh, with the Titans and the matchup with the Colts. We want to remind you before we move on, thank you for finding us. We're here Thursdays, 1 p.m. live with the BetUS NFL show. Spread the word. You can do us a favor right below. Hit the like button. Hit the bell. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're sharing us out. We're going to talk about every game, every week in some detail, even if there's not an official play. You find it all right here on BetUS TV, again, live on Thursday. Keep the comments coming. I'm seeing the audience grow uh, guys, keep the comments coming. You'll see some comments coming up on the screen. We'll kind of address those. Uh, some of the peeps are in the comments section going back and forth on some of these different games. Keep that all coming. We love that here on BET US TV. Let's go to another early game, and this one will be in the Meadowlands. Off the Monday night loss to the Cowboys, the Giants playing host to the Chicago Bears. The Bears come in off of a win last week over the Houston Texans where they did not have to do much in that game, especially throw it. They ran it. They played some defense. They won the game. All right, the Giants, the traditional three-point home favorite uh, for that advantage there at MetLife Stadium, the total at 39.5. Not a lot of points expected to be scored on the US line. We're going right back to Chris Farley. All right, the Giants licking their wounds a little bit. What do we like here? What is the thought on this matchup coming?
1: Uh, Two teams with fans that have strong accents, right? This is a good one. Two classic (laughs) cities against each other. You know, in the past, this might have been one heck of a rivalry, one heck of a game, probably not so much on Sunday. But uh, I have this line exactly where it is at Giants minus three. I think that's kind of where you have to put it. You know, they're at home. Disappointing loss, obviously, against the Cowboys. But that's just going to be the Giants story this year. And I talked about it on the Three Dogs show yesterday or or earlier today. Yes. Uh, Is that just you know that offense goes through Daniel Jones just a little too much, right? So uh, they're kind of it's kind of built as if he's Josh Allen. That's not the case, but I am impressed by what the Giants' defense is doing. Don Wink Martindale I think is making a real difference. They play aggressive, they play hard. Not a ton of talent on their defense, but that's just what they do. And I could say the same about the Bears' defense, right? Matt Eberflus. uh, These guys are flying around the field. Roquan Smith was everywhere, everywhere. Last week uh, for the Bears against the T- uh, Texans, probably their best player last week. But I also can't be too impressed by what the Bears are doing because on offense, that's all they do is run the ball. They do it effectively. But the Giants historically are better against the run than most people realize now. It didn't look like that was the case last week, but I just think that the Giants, when it all comes down to it, they have a better coach. They have an offense that can move the ball a little bit better. I'm going to choose to just take the Giants' money line in this one and parlay it with something else. It's just a good spot for the Giants to get a win against an opponent that's probably slightly worse than they are. Um, you know, it's not a game that I would take the Giants minus three, though. I'll put it that way. on the On the three dog show, I gave away the Bears plus three and a half. So I think this is a good hedge. Maybe you play the Bears at three and a half, play the Giants money line, or maybe parlay the Giants money line, like I am into another one so let's get another win here Giants come on this is a game you can win step up
0: hey Brian Dable the first year coach making a lot of friends and if they win this game against Chicago they're three and one to start the season And I don't know the last time the Giants it's not been in the last few years that the Giants have been three and one to start a campaign so you will take that you might even have to go back to Eli uh, to find the uh, three and one start. Oh, yeah. So you would take Definitely that. Have to. <laughs> maybe, maybe have to on that. All right, Brad, any thought? We see a couple people weighing in on the under. Um, Mark, they're saying, I'm a Giants fan, but I don't like them this week. Brad, any thought, if no official play on the Bears coming in? I mean, let us not forget they've both been at home, but the Bears got a couple of wins earlier in the yeah. year. This is not that bad a matchup, two and one against two and one.
2: I think the line's really sharp. Um, anytime you have two struggling offenses, Uh, The Giants are the worst offense uh, per PFF and the bears are the sixth worst offense per PFF. You have two struggling offenses, you know, they're going to rely on field goals. They're going to rely on, on, you know, getting down the field and making the most out of the possessions. So there's going to be fewer fourth and one attempts, fourth and two attempts. They're going to rely on their kicking game. For me, if I want to bet this game, I'm going to have to look more at a player prop perspective I would kind of target Khalil Herbert uh, rushing yards. We know Monty's a little banged up Um, and on the Giants side, you can't go wrong with Daniel Jones. I haven't seen his rush line yet, but that offensive line's not good. And anytime you have a quarterback who has wheels uh, with a bad offensive line, what they're going to do is they're going to take off. Uh, Also no Sterling Shepard for this game and their, their pass catchers aren't that good. So Daniel Jones has a lot of weight on his shoulders so why not? I think that his, his fair line would probably be somewhere would be close to 32 to 35 and a half. And I already know the books are going to set it kind of close to 28 to 29. So I'd probably be on his over.
0: All right. Like that. Again, uh, you mentioned Sterling Shepard out for the year. ACL injury late in the game with the Cowboys on Monday night. They announced that uh, yesterday. He will miss the remainder of the season. So that's a blow to the receiving core. Saquon Barkley coming off of injuries, obviously the last couple of years, looking more like himself. What will happen? The official play is for Chris Farley here. Uh, I neglected to get your Titans official play on the record, even though they saw it on the screen. Here he is again, official on the Giants' money line, and it's part of a parlay with another game coming up later in the show. you got to stay tuned for the other game that he's pairing it up. So there's the official play on that one. All right, continue on the schedule. This is one of the early games of Sunday that will have tons of intrigue with the Buffalo Bills still smarting off the loss in Miami, taking on the Baltimore Ravens, who had a nice bounce back win uh, a week ago. Lamar Jackson's been fantastic already uh, this season, yet, Buffalo is the road favorite in Baltimore, and we see our bet US line at 51 on this one. There's not an official play. Brad Thomas, I'm going to come right back to you. If no official play here, give me a thought or two. Does
2: Buffalo bounce back? Any thoughts here? Yeah, so I had a couple of thoughts about this game, and just because you know you don't have an official play on a game, as a sports handicapper and everyone who's watching, it's something to important to know is you use situations like this to see how you're going to play the different markets in the future. If the Bills lose this game, I think there's value on Bills to win the Super Bowl because they're price is going to plummet they're going to at some points get healthy If the bills win this game then you, you kind of sort of want to look at the ravens in a betting perspective i don't know if there's anything that i would play that way so personally i'm hoping the bills lose so i can get better value on them to win the super bowl from a betting perspective in this game i would probably look at ravens team total over much like the uh the, the miami dolphins the bills played down in south florida and I, i'll tell you this every year i go to dolphins Uh, the Patriots at the Dolphins um, every single year. And this year I made the mistake of getting Patriot side tickets because I waited too long to get my tickets. I will tell you this. I sat in the sun every five minutes. I went upstairs to get another drink, not because I really wanted to get an adult water, but because I needed to get out of the sun. The bills players were cramping up throughout the entire game. They were, it's something I'd never seen before, but you have to imagine that these guys are going to be exhausted. They're already super banged up and the Ravens look like they're a team that that's going to fight in this game. The Bills may win, but if the Bills win, the Ravens are going to be right there throwing the ball with Lamar Jackson. He's looked like he's improved as a passer, and they've lost Hollywood Brown, but DuVernay and Bateman have stepped up massively.
0: Big time. And they've been opportunistic with the turnovers. They were in New England last week in the yeah. second half of that game. Chris Farley, any thoughts? Lamar has been fantastic. And shoulda, coulda, woulda, again, it's not his fault that the defense was like a sieve in the second half and the fourth quarter, specifically against Miami. They gave up 21 points late in that game and lost, or else, again, shoulda, coulda, woulda, they could be 3-0 and right now. Nonetheless, Baltimore at home. Any thoughts if no official play?
1: No, I like a lot of what uh, Brad said there. This is just kind of one of those games. I mean, I think the line is very sharp. It's kind of where it has to be, right? I mean, it's 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 in Baltimore. But you have to give respect to the Bills, maybe especially um, off a loss to the Dolphins, right, trying to get right in this game. They still are injured on their defense. Uh, you know, to Brad's point, probably a lot of their offensive players are still tired coming into this one. I think it's an interesting uh, matchup as far as maybe NFL MVPs this year. I mean, they could both, Both of their stocks, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, could rise in this one after this if it's a hyper-competitive game. They can both obviously run. I mean, Lamar Jackson is playing fantastic football right now. And it's also uh, an interesting case for the total because we saw it around 52. Now it's around 51 in most books. But there is a good chance, a high chance, that there's going to be some rain on Sunday as the outer bands of this hurricane come up to the northeast. So, I mean, at least that's what the Baltimore weather app is showing right now. I'm local there, so <laughs> right. they're, not always, they're not always right, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but if this is a sloppy game, maybe the fact that this total still isn't changing is because these are two dynamic running offenses, right? And both quarterbacks can run, too. In the least, you got to figure both teams can handle or they can keep these these uh, drives being long, so, you know, wasting a lot of clock. So I just I don't know how to feel about the total. I kind st- I kind of still want to take the under because of the chance of weather, but then you just have two offenses that have shown they could be really explosive this year. And the Ravens, that was an impressive performance last week going into New England and still putting up well into the 30s against the Patriots and Bill Belichick. You know, that's just not an easy spot to do that. So I don't think the Ravens are going to slow down all year. I have a slight lean to the Ravens in this game because I just think they're better positioned.
0: All right. And again, you're referencing that Hurricane Ian, which is now Tropical Storm Ian, but it's going to be a hurricane again later uh, here to the weekend. It is going to swing back from the Atlantic Ocean into the Carolinas. We are going to talk about the Carolina-Arizona Cardinals game. It will possibly affect that game at least early Sunday. And as the rain moves north into Virginia and Maryland could affect this baltimore buffalo game we don't know how much we're not meteorologists we're not playing it on bet us tv we're not meteorologists <laughs> but we're still talking about this game and you got to look at the weather and check that uh as well and aaron rod has a good question here guys a quick opinion on this if no official play what about a lamar jackson anytime td and a josh allen anytime td uh lamar much more so because of the wheels josh allen a little bit with the wheels any thoughts brad any thoughts on an anytime td for the for the quarterbacks
2: yeah, I would probably uh, have to look at the price, but of the two, I'd go Lamar Jackson. Uh, the difference between Lamar Jackson is he's run, he's going to run first, he's going to run more often, and he has the highest likelihood of breaking a big one with his athleticism.
0: Chris, any thought there on the end of time TD for either quarterback or both?
2: Well, I like that angle just because, I mean,
1: both of these offense, offenses run through the quarterback, obviously, uh, you know, more so than most teams. And then if there is weather problems, they're going to be running the ball more, so I would say just keep an eye on the weather, Um, and I I think your chances go up if they can't throw the balls easily.
0: There's an interesting topic going on in the live chat right now just for the heck of it. It's an odds boost chat. Will there be nine touchdowns or not scored on Thursday night football? Again, get in the live chat and vote on that if you want. The prop on BetUS, by the way, I'm seeing this, is plus 450 being juiced up to plus 550 if you were to take that. Again, nine touchdowns is a lot of scoring. I have worked three Buccaneer games, Brad, as part of the radio broadcast. They haven't scored nine touchdowns in three games so far. So that would be a lot tonight combined for both teams if if we see some fireworks. That's very interesting in the chat that's going on right now as we're in the live show uh, here on Thursday at 1 p.m. So, again, no official play in the Bills and the Ravens in that matchup, but it should be one of the games of Sunday for sure. Uh, let's continue. This one may not be as glamorous, but the LA Chargers, who have stumbled around to start this year with a banged up Justin Herbert playing against the Houston Texans. and Levy Smith's team has been right in every game that they've played even though at the moment they're 0-2-1, the tie in week one with Indianapolis. They were right there in the game with Chicago last week, right there in the game with Denver two weeks ago. Our total is 44 uh, for this matchup. Brad Thomas, we are back to you for an official play from the Lone Star State here. What is your thought?
2: This play makes my stomach hurt because I hate betting bad teams, but what I love as a sports bettor is betting good situations, and the Texans have exactly that. I'm on the Texans plus five. I, I know that the Texans offense has been struggling. De- uh, Davis Mills, it, it hasn't lived up to that, that second year hype that we were going to get. Uh, Damian Pierce is starting to finally get it going. But for me, this Chargers team, number one, their defensive identity is now on the IR in uh, Joey Bosa. That is the most right. important factor. We know Khalil Mack has four sacks on the season, but he is not a disruptor anymore. Not like Joey Bosa is. And then if we look on the offensive side of the ball, so the biggest loss out of any player all season is going to be Rashawn Slater. Slater, the left tackle for the Chargers, it, it is really good. We know how good he is. But it's not as important as how bad his backup is in Storm Norton. Storm Norton wasn't even naturally a left tackle. He was a guard who's transitioned over to the left tackle. Justin Herbert, who didn't look good without Keenan Allen, has some, some messed up ribs, and now he, his blind side is not going to be protected. This just sets up to be a situation for the Texans to take advantage. They're 3-0-1 against the spread in their last four. And I, even if they lose this game, I couldn't imagine them losing by more than a field goal at home.
0: Interesting that Damian Pierce, who's been a good running back, if you play fantasy football, you know that name. He's hurt. And a question mark. But Lovey Smith's teams always seem to play some D, and that's what Brad's talking about. Chris Farley, any thought here, if no official play, because... Herbert didn't, uh, he didn't look healthy. He did sling a couple of long passes, though, in that game, for what it's worth, playing through it. Any thought here on Chargers-Texans?
1: Yeah, man, this is such a tough one. Uh, we've been mulling this over all week, possibly a circuit play for us. Uh, we keep on going on both sides, so probably not going to be the case. I'll say this. Uh, last week was such an indictment for me on Brandon Staley as a head coach. I mean, that is an example of a game. You know your quarterback's hurt, right? He had, you know. I mean, he's obviously not 100% heading into that game against the Jaguars at home. So maximize the talent of your team. Do some creativity on offense. Those players quit on him against the Jaguars last week. And, you know, the the jury is still out. Maybe he can still correct things, but I don't know. I mean, if I'm an owner of the Los Angeles Chargers, maybe I'm calling him to the office and, you know, starting to question some things immediately because... A coach in these situations needs to make a difference on their team's effort, right? Especially with how banged up the Chargers are. Now they're going to Houston where they lost 41 to 29 last year. That was a shocking uh occurrence, but I would not be shocked if that happened again. And the Texans are one of these teams. I've been playing on them all year. There's, you know, they haven't lost uh ATS so far. They pushed last week. And they're just one of those teams that because of their defense, because of the way that Lovey Smith coaches them on defense to bend not break. They're probably going to hang in most games, and then that's probably especially the case at home. So, only side I think at this point that I can look is Houston, because I just don't trust that Brandon Staley is going to bring anything to the game for this Chargers team. And here we go with more Chargers DNA, max like a ton of talent, and just it's just not getting maximized. So it's really frustrating. Maybe that's a spot for Sean Payton next year. We'll see.
0: Mm. In L.A., everybody's got him ticketed for Dallas. Speaking of the former Saints coach, Keenan Allen, a question mark, did not play with the hamstring injury midweek. We don't know what his status is. He was limited in practice for the Chargers. That could make a difference for them as they travel to Houston. Brad Thomas says, I don't care about Keenan Allen. I care about the five points with the Houston Texans. (laughs) So he will take them as an official play here on the BetUS NFL show for that matchup in h-town we continue here through the early slate of games you're going to get every game every week here on the bet us nfl show this is the seattle seahawks and the detroit lions we suspect there will be a lot of points we see the lions favorite at home by four look at our total is up at 48 here geno smith some good some bad last week against the falcons in a game they lost at home again for the lions some good some bad as they had the lead, shoulda, coulda, woulda, again, like the third time I've invoked that in the show, the Lions had the lead, couldn't hold it against Minnesota. Now the Lions back at home. And Chris Farley, you're going to have the official play here and I believe parlay it with something else that you had earlier in the show. What's up?
1: Yeah, this is the second leg of my parlay. Giants and Lions, first of all, sorry for our producer backstage there who's just I, – I just keep on moving around. He has to keep on adjusting my camera. Sorry about that. I'm antsy. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's the NFL. But, yeah, you know, listen, I'm not comfortable yet uh, taking the Lions, even though this line has dropped, right, I believe it was six and a half when it came out this week. Uh, I think that's probably a good spot to take the Seahawks because that's a big line for a Lions team that is just not used to being a favorite. First time in 26 games that they are. But I will say this. I believe in this in this Lions team. They're going to be without Swift. They're probably going to be without Amon St. Brown, who, you know, looks like an emerging superstar possibly for that team. Uh, but I still think they're going to be okay. They can absolutely control the trenches in this one. That offensive line is probably the best in the NFL right now. We're seeing what they're doing on the ground. Top five in a lot of re- in a lot of rushing categories. And if there's an offense that just doesn't intimidate you, right? An offense coming to town like the Seattle Seahawks, maybe they're a little feisty at home. I think we'll probably see that all year. But I don't trust them as much on the road. You know, Malcolm Rodriguez. We saw him on Hard Knocks. He's going to play hard every game, and I don't think teams are going to like prep against him or anything, right? So he's going to have opportunities to make plays. Aiden Hutchinson is starting to get sacks. He looks great. And they got some guys. I mean, Jeff Okuda is probably one of the most underrated players in the NFL right now. They got some guys on this Lions team. Dan Campbell, I think, probably has this game circled and this team really motivated after they dropped that last game. They know they're a favorite. Everybody knows what the betting lines are these days. So they want to step up, too. I'm going to avoid them having to cover though and just play them on the money line for now but i do like this lions team and maybe i get more comfortable with that as the season trudges on
0: there is no doubt seattle was bad in the game uh with san francisco on the road now we get this matchup here again with them on the road and, and they were they were not good in the second half of the home game with atlanta cordero patterson ran all over them brad thomas it's almost a case here of who do you like less if you're playing this i know you don't have an official play but it's almost like a Who do you like less situation?
2: Yeah, for me, I thought four was pretty sharp. Um, I'm going to say that quite often because, you know, some of these key numbers of four uh, and three are really important in the NFL. But the Seahawks team is not very threatening. This Lions team is now a team that you can get behind offensively. And most importantly, they're going to have home field advantage. I I worked in in Metro Detroit for about three years, and I was – In there, knowing how gross it would be to go to a Lions game. (laughs) No one was going to forward field with any optimism. Now they actually know they have a team that can win games. And the last time they were a favorite, they were at home and they won the game and covered. And I think there's a good chance they do that. But I don't want to I don't want to lay the four. And another reason that's holding me back from laying the four here is since 2008, line movers of two and a half points are only 47 percent against the spread. Everyone says, yeah, that's only three percent away from being 50 percent three percent in the grand scheme of things is a massive margin so I'm actually going to stay away from the spread but I do understand parlaying the money line
0: all right let's make that official again for Chris Farley here he's pairing it up with an earlier prediction putting the Detroit money line uh, into play he also had that with the New York Giants from earlier so he's got that parlayed together going with the Lions on the money line and we continue here. Another early game is the New York Jets behind Joe Flacco. Again, it's been some good, some bad. Will Zach Wilson be back in there? He has returned to practice on a limited basis. The injured quarterback, the former number one pick out of BYU, knee injury in the preseason. Mitch Trubisky has been up and down. He was not very good a week ago tonight in the Thursday night game at Cleveland. It's now been 10 days. Steelers at home, Steelers laying three. Our total is 41 and a half. Chris Farley, we're right back to you for an official play. What is it, my friend?
1: Yeah, that was a really good spot for the Browns. You know, again, a Thursday night football home favorite, right? Uh, and, and even with the windy conditions in that game on Thursday night football, I mean, at certain points, Mr. Trubisky and Jacoby were said looked like Joe Montana and Dan Marino out there. They were slinging it. Uh, You know, second half, that kind of calmed down a little bit. But I really love this spot for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know that Zach Wilson is going to come back and play. I love that even more, right? Because Zach Wilson, what we've seen from him last season, and in one preseason game, what did he do? Five passes, one interception. The guy just, I don't think he understands that at this point in his career uh, just how to make the right decisions on the field, right? He's kind of still trying to play backyard football. It's not working out. He's undersized, and this is a Steelers defense that's waiting in the weeds, especially at home. After they got a home loss in their first, in their home opener, uh, you know they're going to be waiting to pick off Zach Wilson in this one. This feels like a game where the Steelers can finally put something together. You know they do have a ton of offensive talent. Mr. Biskey hasn't been that bad, so in this setup against a Jets defense that can be good, you know their defensive line is formidable, but they give up yardage. That's for sure, right? As the game goes on. You see these quarterbacks really succeeding throughout through the air. I think Mitch eventually can just break this loose or their defense will break it loose. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers at home at, at only a field goal. I think there's some value there.
0: It is interesting here about Zach Wilson. Again, and Chris's belief is they're going to go with him all the way. Flacco, the veteran, has been there probably they'll play games. Mike Tomlin will play games on who's the quarterback going to be maybe coming right up to game time. Brad, I know you don't have an official play here, but any thought on this matchup with Pittsburgh back at home, they've been smarting for the better part of a week off of a division loss.
2: Yeah. So for me, the reason I didn't play it, I was like, why is Pittsburgh only a three point favorite? Like I would probably have this fair line closer to four, four and a half. The, the jets, regardless if Zach Wilson plays or not, their offense is poor. It's terrible. Uh, they don't move the ball efficiently. They don't pass the ball well. They don't, I don't even think the play design is all that great. And then defensively, they're terrible at tackling. Uh, they, they they make a lot of mistakes. For uh, They're a well-coached team defensively because we know Saul is a good coach. But I just don't know if they have the talent. And this Pittsburgh Steelers team is playing at home. Um, I just was a little confused about the line. So for me, that kind of made it a stay away. Uh, Should have, could have probably been on the Steelers. But just the line didn't make sense to me. I don't think this Jets team's any good, just like the line last week where it ballooned all the way to six and a half uh, before game time when they play the Bengals, and the Bengals absolutely routed them.
0: Again, Brees Hall, the running back, the rookie out of Iowa State. They're going to try to get him going. But Pittsburgh's secondary's been really good, always is under Mike Tomlin for this matchup. So no official play. Uh, here on this game. Actually there is an official play, my mistake. It is it is Chris Farley's official play. You love the Steelers in this spot, just one more time real quick.
1: I love them. I love I just think it's a really good setup, right? And and the Jets, listen, I mean Zach Wilson is coming into this game cold, right? I mean he's already not good and he's coming in cold. It's just a great setup for the Steelers at home.
0: And they had all the takeaways against Joe Burrow week one there at home as well. Mac Jones played better against them In week two, um, actually, the week one game, forgive me, was in Cincinnati. But the week two game at home, Mac Jones played well against the Pittsburgh secondary. We'll see if Wilson can live up to it or will it be Flacco. Chris says, lay the points, though, with the Steelers in that matchup we're about halfway home here we're still going we're live thursdays at one eastern time on the bet us nfl show you're going to get at least comprehensive talk for a couple of minutes on every game if not an official play you see it right there on the screen make sure you're hitting the like button make sure you're subscribing make sure that you're with us even if you're seeing us i know they do a great job at bet us of giving you segments where you're seeing certain games that are coming up there be here for the full show on monday uh, because again, we're uh, on a uh, Thursday, excuse me, because you never know in the live chat, you can participate, et cetera. We're going back and forth with the banter. Be here for the full live show Thursday at one Eastern time. We'd love to have you. Thank you for finding us here and continuing, uh, to promote us, share us out, hit the like button, hit the bell. Keep doing that. Keep the comments coming. You're seeing those on the screen as we go along live here on Thursday. Let's get back after it. Another game to get to uh, here and that is the surprise Jacksonville Jaguars. back. When was the last time we could say back-to-back wins, Farley, and Jacksonville in the same sentence? That is the case. All time. Oh, good luck. Go play the Eagles now, who are undefeated in Philadelphia. Uh, the line six and a half. The total is 46 here in this one. So uh, we don't have an official play. Brad Thomas, I'm going to come uh, to you first. What do we make of the Jaguars who uh, dump trucked the Chargers last week in the second half, uh beating them 38 to 10. And then also shut out the Colts two weeks yeah. ago. Is this a team on the rise?
2: Yeah, this is a team on the rise. And so this whole off season, I've been very vocal about two quarterbacks. That was Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts. And for me, this is going to be my Super Bowl because I'm just going to be grinning ear to ear that my predictions were correct. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he kind of got the short end of the stick with the expectations. But honestly, how many uh, amazing college quarterbacks come into the NFL and instantly make a massive contribution? Not many. It's a, it's a tough game. And I thought that this year would be the year where we start to see a little bit more of the touchdown Jesus as he was coined in college. And that's exactly happened. This Jaguars team is good. But I actually do think the Jaguars get routed in this game and it's not because Trevor Lawrence is not going to be a good quarterback it's because the eagles who already had a top 10 defense are playing hungry they're playing great defense and now they have an offense that can sustain drives and score points jalen hurts all offseason he got the 2 a treatment where they were saying Jalen Hurts is not going to be the franchise quarterback, Jalen Hurts this, Jalen Hurts that. But what Jalen Hurts has proved through his entire collegiate career is he could fight through adversity and somehow find his way on the top. People forget that he was benched and then had to go to a totally another school, win the job, and he was a Heisman candidate. Jalen Hurts seemingly improved his passing, which was – the number one knock on him. His wheels are still good. And guess what? He has two of the best wide receivers in the league. He probably has the best route runner in Devonta Smith. And then he has A.J. Brown, who's Mr. Reliable. And their run game has been very good. Now, while I think they're going to blow out the Jags, do I want to lay six and a half points in a game that will that could end up being very close? Not a chance. So for me, it's a no play. But I do think the Eagles are a, a team that we should watch out for. For the last two seasons, I've had the Eagles to win the NFC East. And I'm finally smiling because uh, While the odds are not as great as they were last year, I should, I should, without any injury, be able to cash that ticket.
0: Interesting. All right. You gave us a lot there. Chris Farley, no official play for you. Devontae Smith, fantastic. Had a 150-yard receiving game to Brad's point last week. Uh, Obviously, Hurts coming into his own with his wheels and with his arm. It, there is something to be said, Chris, is there not, that the Jaguars had to go all the way out to Los Angeles. They did come back home in between to Jacksonville for a little bit, but now they got to go all the way up to Philadelphia and play the Eagles in the second of two road games. That's, it's not like they're playing Tennessee and Houston in their division, for example. All the way out to L.A., now all the way up to Philadelphia in back-to-back road games. What do you make of that, if anything?
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about Brandon Staley and some of his inefficiencies as a coach. I think it's evident that this Jaguars team is going to play hard for Doug Peterson, right? He 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 is a good coach, I think, and I think he's really good with young talent in particular. And, you know, I don't always buy into the fact that these road games are a bad thing for teams, right, when they stay on the road. Sometimes, especially a young team, right, you don't have to worry about the girlfriends anymore or the family. You're just on the road. You're kind of bonding as a team. If the team has good chemistry and good coaching, that could work out as a strength for them. But this is a really fascinating game. Brad, I liked a lot of stuff you said about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, last year, that kid under Urban Meyer and what that team went through, he he didn't say a bad thing about, about his coach. He, he was positive the whole time. He has a great, great mentality. Great mentality. And now, and now he's proving it on the field, too, that with the right coach and the right setup, he can succeed. This is a game where I would like to take the Jaguars, especially as a Giants fan. You know, you look at this line and plus six and a half. At least this team has to punch back a little bit more than other teams have, right? Because the Eagles, we've seen three straight weeks, right? The Eagles just dominate in the first half, and then they can kind of chill in the second half. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that in this one, but what scares me about this line is just like last week, where right? I thought that was a great spot for Carson Wentz and kind of a revenge game against his old team, right? Commanders can get right. They're at home. That line didn't move, and what happened? Philly blows them out. Again, another week where this line has just been stagnant. six and a half kind of teasing you to bet on the Jaguars. uh, But I I would not be surprised at all if Philly blows out the Jaguars too. I mean, they are going to win in the trenches 90% of the time against most teams in the NFL on both sides of the ball. And that's just really tough to stop. It's interesting though, because you do have the Doug Peterson angle back against the team. He wants to show out in this one too. And this team clearly plays for him. So great game to just watch and kind of see, you know, how good are these teams? How crisp are they going to be? Every single week, Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we came away still impressed by both teams.
0: You make a great point about Peterson, uh, although he's going to downplay it and has been this week. It is his return where he won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia and they ran him out. And it's obvious, I mean, again, Brad and I are in the state of Florida. It's obvious up in North Florida, this team is considerably better already than what we saw with the disaster of Urban Meyer as uh, as the head coach. It's, it's the same personnel, basically. Although Christian Kirk is in there new as a pass catcher and has played well, a lot of it is the same personnel and it's coaching that's making a difference. So, again, no official play here from the handicappers, but this will be interesting on can the Jaguars hang in and have a shot, or as Chris was saying, will that defense, Turn up the heat on uh, Lawrence and Company and put it to the Jaguars. We will find out in that one. All right, let's continue. Traditional rivals next in the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. It's an early game, a noon start time. Cooper Rush getting a lot of buzz, not only the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but now he's won back-to-back games as the emergency fill-in starter for Dak Prescott. And we see the line three and a half for the Cowboys here with a total of 41 Cooper Rush winning in the final seconds against uh, Cincinnati leading a game-winning touchdown drive. And he was pretty good, not great, pretty good for a lot of that game on Monday night against someone's Giants. Uh, Chris Farley, right back to you here. No official play, commanders at Cowboys.
1: All right, Brad, I'm going to set the table for you here, and you you give us all the answers. You give us all the answers. <laughs> but this, is a, this is a fascinating case study, man. Um, so this is, to me, this is the Colts and the Chiefs uh, from last week. And let's see if it if it ends up being that way. Because what did we see last week, right? Some of the biggest sports bettors in the world. Colts are my favorite play. I'm putting a ton of money on the Colts. Okay, great. In my mind, you know, I sat here on the show and said it, and Scott Kellen also had the Colts last week, so credit to him. But I said it, how in the heck are the, are the um, Colts gonna get back in the game if the Chiefs go up big, right? Because the Chiefs, on paper, I think, are five times the team that the Colts are. And yet, what happened? This confluence of events where the Chiefs just hung around that game and they ended up winning. And now, a public team, always a public team in the Dallas Cowboys, they're coming off a Monday night football win where Cooper Rush proved that on the road he can make the throws. He made some excellent throws in that game, especially towards the end of the game. And they and they you know beat the undefeated Giants. We all knew that was kind of fake news anyway. But still, an impressive win on the road. So why is this line stagnant at only three and a half in favor of the Cowboys at home? At some books, it's down to three. So if you like the commanders out there, you take it at BetUS at three and a half, you're still getting the hook. But my goodness, this line, I mean, Dallas is already such a public team, even more so after Monday Night Football, you have to believe. How are the commanders going to hang in this game with the fierce, unstoppable Micah Parsons in that defensive line? We've seen Carson Wentz when he gets hit, when he gets shook. He's not good, right? Yeah. And he hasn't gotten good protection the first three weeks, and it's it, it done a lot of damage. So it just doesn't make sense from a football perspective or from a handicapping perspective. It's telling you to pick the Commanders. Terrifying pick. I don't have it on the show because I don't want to lose any more bets for our listeners, and I'm, I'm scared of it. But I think the way to go is the Commanders here. Brad, I pass it over to you. Yeah, right, you're, there you
2: go. you're absolutely right. The side, the correct side is the Commanders. And The only reason I'm not betting on the Commanders, I I've been fooled twice by them in back-to-back weeks, and I will not join that party. My hand is up. We
0: keep seeing. We keep seeing. Both hands (laughs) are up. We keep seeing the promo for the Three Dog Thursday show uh, that's out right now. Last week on the show, I got the two college pick uh, picks correct. I had the Commanders against. Philadelphia at home, and it was a disaster, Brad. Yeah. They couldn't protect Carson Wentz, etc. cetera. How do they keep this? Here's my question. How do they keep this from being a disaster in Dallas again, especially with pass protection like Chris was alluding to?
2: Yeah, so my number one, my first note on this game was commanders suck at protecting the quarterback. Um, and <laughs> yes. it has been even more evident last week. So now they've had a week to prepare for what they know is going to be a, a, a nasty pass rush. Where I think they get a little bit of a benefit is how much Dallas in the secondary is willing to play very aggressive and risk uh, risk big plays to make big plays themselves. And I think that helps Carson Wentz getting balls out early, running routes that are favorable to bad protection I just think that this is a spot where the Cowboys are coming off that high on the short week where they could lose this game. The Commanders need a massive bounce back after Carson Wentz looked like he didn't even know how to play football. They did not know how to run the ball. They didn't know how to do anything. If this was a game where we were going to bet the Cowboys, I think we would want the line to be minus four and a half. We'd want the books to set it there because – that just means that the Cowboys are going to win by six or more. But at three, it makes me think that the Commanders are a, live more, a more live dog than we're giving them credit for. Now, they're keys to victory. They're going to have to exploit the the weaker secondary. They're going to have to keep Carson Wentz upright. Those are the two keys to victory for me.
0: All right. No official play here, but it'll be a very interesting the Cowboys have a chance to be three and one with three straight wins after Dak Prescott got hurt that would be big news and a bonus for we would we would all three agree on that right yes. it would be a big bonus for dallas with prescott hurt that they win the first three games after he's out of the lineup with cooper rush at quarterback that's what's on the line if they can beat washington at home here in this matchup all right we move on with no official play in that one let's move on to the Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons, what to make of this? We've already mentioned the Browns won a week ago on Thursday night. Here, as we do the Bet US show live on Thursdays at one Eastern time, impressive win against the Steelers. Meanwhile, for the Falcons, went up to the Pacific Northwest and beat the Seahawks. You could make an argument that the Falcons uh, could have won all three of the games. Yet they're one and two, and now we go to this matchup here with a total at 47 and a half. The game in the ATL. And Brad Thomas, we're right back to you for an official play on it. What do you like, sir?
2: I am so happy that the public wants to keep betting on the 3-0 against the spread Atlanta Falcons. Because if you're giving me this game almost down to a pick for the Browns, I'm going to have to take it. Listen, the Browns are a team who don't make mistakes too often. Why? Because they're really catapulted by their elite run rushing game. They're number one in the NFL at over 190 rush yards per game, playing against a Falcons team who does something so poor that is the only reason, in my opinion, that they are not undefeated, and that is defend on third downs. A lot of people see this Browns team, and they instantly think Baker Mayfield. They think uh, turning the ball over. Jacoby Brissett doesn't make mistakes like that, And, and what he does, he puts his team in a position to win. The Falcons, you know... They look good. Mariota looks good. Patterson's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, and I think he is the catalyst that keeps them going. If you saw that game when they played the Seahawks, uh, the backup running back uh, out of BYU literally did not know the mesh point, and they turned the ball over, almost lost the game. It's the small errors that the Falcons keep making that keep them from being an undefeated team. And when you're playing against a team who is plus two in the turnover margin, uh, being the Browns because they run the ball, they don't throw turnover-worthy passes – they become a live spot whether they're home or away against a team who makes those mistakes and they're still growing. I'm not saying this Falcons team is bad by any means, but they're definitely on the right track, but not there yet.
0: Chris Farley, I'm interested here. I know the uh, the official play is going to be Brad Thomas's play in a second, uh, but Atlanta scored in all three of their games. They were winning the whole second half of the New Orleans game. They came roaring back and made it a one-score game and had the ball against the Rams. And then with Cordell Patterson running it, Uh, last week in Seattle, a receiver, kick returner, but he was running it. He's been named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, by the way, uh, midweek here for his running exploits in the game in Seattle. Should we be looking maybe at a Falcons team total, not that it's an official play, or looking at the total in this game with the way the Falcons have been scoring and they're back at home?
1: I don't know. That's a tough one for me because this Browns defense has looked pretty good, especially in their secondary um, you know, the the Browns are just one of these teams that are gonna hang around, hang around. I didn't think they were gonna be that bad off with Jacoby Brissett either. I mean, he's a top five backup quarterback in the NFL, if you ask me. Uh, you can probably put him top three too. He gets he gets in there, he's tough, he can hang in the pocket. Um, you know, and he makes pretty decent throws. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not he's not Joe Montana out there, Tom Brady, but but you know, he can make some decent throws, and that run game is gonna keep him afloat too, right? I mean, Nick Chubb. He made that one mistake. He should have kneeled against the Jets. But let's let's face it. The Browns, are, they should be three and zero, right? And they should have covered that game too. So uh, this is a Browns team. I think that's better than what um, other people think. Well, I guess two and one. They did lose against the Panthers. I forgot about that. Correct.
0: I don't correct. even know how that
1: happened. By no, the way. No, they
0: won. They won against the Panthers. Correct. And then they didn't have the kneel down against the Jets. Correct.
1: Oh, well, they did. They did. God, I'm all over the place. But anyway, long story short, with this Browns team, is I think they're better than people realize. And watch out. When Deshaun Watson, it doesn't matter what you think about, you know, Deshaun Watson from a personal perspective. When he comes back as their quarterback, he is an elite quarterback. And this is going to be a much scarier team then because then you have a passing game that really has some legs to it, especially downfield. Uh, I think this is a good setup for the Browns, too. It's just it's the it's the clock that confuses the clock. I see clock come up from Marco. Mark Holmes, you are our most. Uh I mean you are most it, he's constant he's constant here it's awesome. He's
0: very active, so, yes.
1: Yeah, so thank you so much for that Mark. Um but anyway, I think this is a better setup for the Browns just the line scares me a little bit. That's all cuz I would think that the Browns should be bigger favorites
0: And again, you make you make mention we keep talking about this, they could be 3 and oh right now. If they get the win here they're 3 and 1 with having traded Baker Mayfield with Deshaun Watson suspended, they would be 3 and 1 to start the year. Give Kevin Stefanski a lot of credit. With a backup quarterback and holding everything together if they can get there. And Brad Thomas believes they are going to get there. He says take the Cleveland Browns. And because it's a short line here at minus one, he believes they're going to win the game, obviously. Um, But Brad, just give me a quick thought here because we hear handicappers talk about this all the time. For those that are watching us live on the BetUS show, and then I promise we're moving on to our remaining games. When a line is one like this, and you're contemplating lay the one or the money line, take me through what you do there as as uh, as a handicapper.
2: Yeah, for me, I look at what the juice I got to pay. Um, if, if it's minus one, if I'm picking a team to win, margins are, are thin in the NFL. And this year, actually more than any other year, it's landed on one, but one is not a common margin in the NFL. So if I'm getting minus 110 versus minus 120, minus 125, I'm taking minus 110 because I just have to win the, a fewer amount of games to be profitable.
0: Good point on that. One is the loneliest number. That was a song. And it was the case, like on Sunday Night Football. It was 11 yes. to 10, but it was a one point margin to Brad's point uh, for that one. So, again, he's on the official play of the Cleveland Browns. We got both handicappers that are going to be involved in our next game. And that one is in Charlotte for the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. Again, we make mention that Hurricane Ian. Will make its way towards the Carolinas Saturday into Sunday. So weather Saturday night and Sunday could could be a factor for this game. Maybe maybe not. It's only Thursday, but you got to watch out for these things for weather. Arizona coming all the way cross country, getting a point. It's interesting, Chris Farley, that on three dog Thursday, our brother show that's out right now on Bet US TV. This line was two or two and a half when we were taken in. So now it's moved a little bit. Our total is 43 and a half. I'm going to come right back to you, Chris, here for a thought on uh, this game and what you like and why.
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly the Bet US show has the ability to move lines, and that's exactly what we did yesterday. So kudos to us. Uh, no, I really love the Cardinals in this spot, and I'm not sure when this line came out Sunday night, Monday, I was surprised that they were underdogs. I know the Panthers just got their win, but like we said, right, uh, a lot of extenuating factors in that win against the Saints – you know, field goal block, I believe, or field goal's miss, missed by the Saints. Return that one for a touchdown. Now, here come the Cardinals who, you know, some weeks I can't stand the Cardinals. Some, week I really, some weeks I really liked them in their spot. And this is one of those spots where you got, when it comes down to it, right, without overanalyzing it, you got Kyler Murray, who questionable how much he preps for these games, I guess. But still, he's going up against Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, who has thrown under 50% completion percentage two straight weeks now and not exactly against the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, Now this could be a sloppy game. you got Kyler, who's going to want to play backyard football to keep his team in this game, to not go one and three. I think the Cardinals win this game straight up, Uh, and I think it just comes down to quarterback play, right? If Kyler has the ball at the end of this game, I'm going to trust him to make the plays. Against the Panthers' defense that, okay, they think they're good, but they faced Jacoby Brissett in his first game, Daniel Jones in week two, and then last week a banged-up Jameis Winston. So who have they really faced? I think Kyler Murray can have some success this week. And Cliff Kingsbury, low-key, 14-4-1 against the spread as a road dog. Not a big Cliff Kingsbury fan, but he brings it on the road. That's 78% against the spread. So I love the Cardinals in this spot. Give me the Cardinals all day.
0: And it is interesting. They won the game at uh, at Las Vegas against the Raiders coming from behind to do so. Uh, Obviously had the game at home with the Rams last week uh brad i know that you also here have an official play on this game are you in agreement do we have the first time that we have agreement on the show uh here almost an hour an hour in as a matter of fact do we have agreement on this brad
2: we yeah we absolutely have agreement um so if you do your research early in the before the season starts you know there's teams that you're going to have to pick your spots for and i knew that would be the cardinals team uh on, on defense they didn't really do anything particularly well um last year and i didn't think they made the improvements to do anything great but now this is a spot where it's a buy low spot on the cardinals because everyone's going to overhype the the cardinals loss to the rams where i didn't think they looked terrible actually um and then they're going to overhype the panthers win so it's a buy low spot for me i do think that kyler murray will be able to extend plays and the panthers defense is not as all all as good as i thought they'd be they've kind of let me down so i think that kyler murray and uh look out for door is going to do well as
0: Christian McCaffrey, a question mark. What a surprise. How many times have we uttered that sentence the last three or four years of his career in the NFL? He's a question mark with an injury, was held out of practice or at least limited on Wednesday. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the weather. Both handicappers here, though, liking Arizona. What's that stat again about Kingsbury on the road as a
1: dog? What's that stat again, Chris? 14-4-1 against the spread road dog. Let's go, Cliff. Not a big fan of Cliff, but hey, he gets it done on the road, I guess.
0: So we lock them both in on the Arizona Cardinals. The bet US line as we're doing the show is one. They both say take them, take the birds, take Kyler Murray and company for that one. All right, uh, AFC West. As we come down the home stretch, is where we find the Raiders at 0 and 3 against the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson and company won that ugly Sunday night game. The Raiders getting two and a half as the home team here. The total 45 and a half. Seriously, are the Raiders with Josh McDaniels? about to be oh and four brad thomas back to you here for a thought if no official play that is what is facing them <laughs> if they don't find a way to win the raiders are 0 and four after being in the playoffs last year
2: yeah um uh, this is a battle of two poorly coached teams which is why i'm not on it because i don't see there's a clear advantage to either side the raiders have talent the broncos have talent yet they can't win games, or if they win games, they're squeaking by, and, and that's coming from the Broncos. I'd imagine that at some point this Raiders team is going to actually get pressure on a quarterback. They have so much talent on that defensive line. Why do they have so few sacks? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And then the Broncos, when are they going to let Russ cook? I don't know. They, maybe this game, um, I maybe might take the points with the Broncos, but ultimately – That game they played against the 49ers, while the Broncos, I do think pregame was the smart decision. While I was in-game watching the game, it was the 49ers who lost that game. They were carving the Broncos up on the ground with Jeff Wilson. And uh, for some reason, Shanahan wanted to have Wilson on a a carry count, which I think they should have just kept handing the ball, making life easier for Garoppolo. So I'm not too sure of what to expect from this game. Uh, Two poorly coached teams and two teams I, I just can't get behind.
0: Chris Farley, a thought here. I know we talked about this game as well on Three Dog Thursday from the underdog perspective here for Denver uh, against the Raiders in this matchup. Any, Any thought here if no official play?
1: No, just a a few thoughts for the audience. First of all, we have Aaron Rodgers commenting on this show. That's very exciting. (laughs) Uh, The Aaron Rodgers, multiple MVPs. Aaron Uh, (laughs) Rodgers, (laughs) yes. So that's amazing, first of all. No, it's probably not Aaron Rodgers. But second of all, yeah, that Vegas offensive line in particular has not been good. Uh, Just, you know, Derek Carr is going on the run a lot in these games. They have to shore up some of that protection against Bradley Chubb and this Denver defensive front. It's been pretty good so far. As far as Russell Wilson goes, um, I'm so glad you said all that, Brad, because, God, the San Francisco 49ers broke my heart last week. I'd love that spot for them. They outgained the Broncos significantly in that game, in yards per play, and just didn't amount to anything. But credit to Russ for for doing his job at the end. Lastly, Josh McDaniels, we know, coached over a decade ago for the Denver Broncos. What a nice little setup here for him to finally get his first win against this Broncos team, but even at two and a half. I'm just a little afraid that this line is trying to lure us in to taking the Raiders, right? Because then, you know, the Broncos could either win or they could cover it in a really close game. We saw a two-point game last week between the Titans and Raiders. So I'm just off this game. Don't want to touch it. Two teams that I cannot trust right now.
0: A couple of uh, viewers, a couple of peeps are asking questions. Scott says a thought on the total. There that is on the screen. Any quick thought, either oh, one of you, Brad? Yeah, thought, I got a quick thought.
1: No, I, I think we could see some points in this one. Um, you know, eventually the Raiders have to come alive. And I do like the fact that Russ finally got going on that final drive against the 49ers. Sometimes you see momentum from a previous game kind of leak into this game. So uh I do Total total's a little too low for me. I have it at 49, it's around 45 and a half right now.
0: Brad, any thought on the total before we get off? The total
2: for me is just not is just not something I'd want. Um I'd imagine that the total would be set lower if this was going to be an under game, forty six and forty-five and a half-ish. Uh, just kind of seems like it's set high, so they're expecting points, which could happen.
0: All right, we will find out what happens in this one. Raven Ron, I see you in the comments as well. He's laying the points with Vegas and says there's no way they're going 0-4. They are at home. We'll see here in the matchup with the Broncos uh, for that one. Okay, one more late game uh, to discuss. On Sunday afternoon, that is the Patriots with 37-year-old Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Mac Jones, the ankle injury is out. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers won in Tampa Bay against my Buccaneers by the hair on Rodgers' chinny-chin-chin. And he's got some hair, actually, uh, with the facial hair. 14-12 to 12 last week as they stopped the two-point conversion. Look at that line. That's the largest line of the week on the card, on the NFL card. It's an 11-point line. Is it warranted? The total is 40-and-a-half. Uh, no official play, Brad Thomas, back to you here. Green Bay at home, uh, backup quarterback for New England. Thoughts, if no play?
2: Yeah, I I would have been more comfortable taking nine, nine and a half. Um, this does feel kind of like a 10-point game or higher. Uh, listen, the, the Patriots have been poor in the secondary, and I don't see how they are going to contain Aaron Rodgers. Even with the players that the Packers have, that are out, you see that Dobbs is taking that next step. We were wondering when, you know, everyone talked about Dobbs in the offseason, and now he's finally taking that step. He's he's gaining Aaron Rodgers' trust. And then offensively, I didn't think they were that good. And then Mac Jones had a heck of a performance last week, willing his team, turning Devontae Parker into the Devontae Parker that we that we thought we were going to get. I don't see that out of Brian Hoyer. I don't want any part of this game, but if I did, I mean, maybe this could be a spot where you tease uh, the Packers tease them down with another spot that you like.
0: Interesting. Uh, Chris Farley. Any thought here on Green Bay trying to get to three and one back at home? Got to be feeling good. Their defense played very well against the Brady and the Bucks. Granted, the Buccaneer receivers again banged up. I'm not apologizing, but that's not the same offense without Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. Some combination. They were able to hold them down. Now, now again, New England without its starting quarterback. Uh, that that's advantage. Green Bay, no doubt. Any thought, if no official play, Chris, before we move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a contrarian thing on the Patriots here. You know, Bill Belichick, when he's an underdog of this magnitude, he's he's pretty darn good. They usually win straight up or they cover the line. <sighs> that being said, it's Brian Hoyer. And I like what Brad said about the Patriots secondary last week. I mean, that is an indictment on their secondary if I've ever seen one. Right. Because they're at home. It's a good opportunity to at least show that they could limit one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And they just couldn't do it. You know, Lamar Jackson threw all over them. They moved the ball. Uh, so I don't trust them against the Packers, but it is the Patriots. You still got some of that allure of their past and maybe their defensive prowess. So better games to stay away from. Although I will say, I think this is still nine and a half at some other books. So if you'd like the Patriots, this is where you take it. Again, I bet US.
0: Fair enough on that one. No official play on that matchup with New England headed to Green Bay uh, in a late game there. Where could the Patriots be one and three here with the injury to Mac Jones? Their season already in turmoil uh, if that one does come to fruition. Okay, here we go Sunday night football. And as we're doing the live show here on. Thursday on BetUS TV, we see the Buccaneers playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. And guys, it is official. Since we began the live show, the game will be at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. There had been some doubt, as we've been talking about, because of Hurricane Ian, whether the game could be played in Tampa. Would the NFL wait a little longer, maybe wait until Friday to decide what to do? Uh, One of the things that had been discussed was playing the game in Minnesota. I mean, if you got the Buccaneers and the Chiefs playing and they can't play in Tampa, why not play in Minnesota? That's what I always say. Uh, But that that scenario did not come through. It will remain in Raymond James Stadium. I know the Glazer family that owns the Buccaneers released a statement on Thursday afternoon saying it will be safe enough and secure enough with all the security people, all the medical personnel that are needed for a crowd of expected near 70,000 to be at the game. They can staff it. They can have the game. So it will proceed as Sunday night in Tampa. So let's go ahead and talk about this one with the Chiefs as a road favorite off the loss. Both teams off of losses. Brad, you have an official play. What is it in this Super Bowl rematch from two years ago?
2: I don't know if I'm hedging my happiness or I just feel like I have the right read on the Bay Buccaneers team, but I am going to be on the Kansas City Chiefs minus one. What a terrible time for the Buccaneers to be hosting the Chiefs. You know, they're banged up. Tom Brady, listen, I'm a diehard Bucks fan. I've been a Bucks fan my entire life. I'm not one of the Bucs fans who just happened to come from New England with Tom Brady. I know what agony, I know what pain is. I see
0: pain. Bucko Bruce
2: over yes. the left
0: shoulder up yes. there
2: on the shelf. That's hardcore old school Buccaneers. Yes, yes. keep going. My friend. I know pain, and I know what Brady is going through. <laughs> this Buccaneers team kind of reminds me of the Lakers team when LeBron James came, went to L.A., where he was surrounded by a bunch of guys who weren't as talented as he wished they'd be. When you watch Tom Brady play this game, you know, the the first thing that everyone says about the Buccaneers is their inability to protect the quarterback, right? So we know that they're banged up on the offensive line. But even when uh, Tom Brady's getting protection, anytime a receiver, the ball might be behind the receiver, receiver might drop a ball, they have to worry about Papa Brady getting upset, reaming them out. There's so much pressure on this offense that it looks so stagnant. The reason the line is only one is because that defense. I have them as the top-rated defense, and I think that uh, that football outsiders have them rated as the top defense as well. They're going to keep them in this game. Weather is going to be an issue, but I am not at all afraid of this, this rushing attack from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of that has to do with the offensive line. We're getting absolutely no push. Now we play a Chiefs team coming off a loss – with a Mahomes who's going to be super fired up, yeah, it's Brady primetime, so I'm super terrified. But if I'm looking at a massive talent gap, I have to call a spade a spade. And that's exactly what the Chiefs are. A little revenge, too, uh, that Mahomes mm. can get on this this uh, Bucs yeah. defense.
0: All right. Uh, Raven Ron's in agreement with you there. Chris Farley, uh, any thoughts on this? If no official play here. Uh, Brad's talking about the revenge angle from the Super Bowl. You remember the Chiefs came in. I remember this. The Chiefs came in in the regular season in November of 2020, and Tyreek Hill, who's no longer there, had literally 200 yards receiving in the first quarter, kids. Two bills in the first quarter of the regular season game. They did a much better job on him in the rematch. Now, he's no longer there, so it doesn't matter. He's playing for the Miami Dolphins. Any thought, Chris Farley, if no official play on the Sunday night game?
1: No, I'm I'm on, I'm on, uh on Brad's side if anyone's side here. I think, I think this is just a better spot for the Chiefs coming off that bad performance. You know, uh, we saw Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy getting into it on the sideline. Andy Reid trying to calm down Mahomes. For me, with the team as buttoned up as the Chiefs has been. Usually, that means we're going to see much better things from them on Sunday Night Football. Um, I just don't think the Bucks are quite there yet. You know, a lot of moving parts on offense still. And But, but I, I will say this, the Bucks are going to be a team down the road with how well their defense is playing. Watch out for this team, you know, weeks like 7 through uh, 17, 18, because I think they're going to ascend to the top of the NFC at that point. Right now, I like this spot better for the Chiefs.
0: Fair enough. Again, the play is Brad Thomas's play here in this instance. He's going to lay the point with Kansas City. It is rare that you get points with Tom Brady at home. And Brad Thomas is going to look right at that and say, negative. I'm taking Kansas, and he's a Buccaneer guy. And you know where my allegiance is because I'm part of the Buccaneers radio broadcast. You know where my allegiance is on this one. Uh, Let's see what ends up happening here. I know Mike... Evans is off suspension as the receiver, and uh, he took full responsibility with the media on Thursday. met with the media and said, I let my team down. I cost us a game, and I hope it doesn't cost us at the end of the year for home field advantage, et cetera. So he's going to be motivated. You know the Chiefs are going to be trying to double cover him. We'll see what happens in this Sunday night Super Bowl rematch, Chiefs and Buccaneers. All right, one game to go on the US Thursday show. That is the Monday night game swinging all the way out west. This is a rematch of the NFC Championship game a year ago. Remember, the 49ers won on the final day of the regular season to put themselves in the playoffs, and then the Rams won the rematch in the NFC title game to go to the Super Bowl and win the whole thing in Super Bowl 56. Now the matchup in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo and company, not good offensively in the Sunday night game with Denver. We already documented that. Our total is 43. There is not an official play. Chris Farley, I'm going to come right back to you for a quick thought, if no play.
1: Yeah, I mean, the 49ers have dominated this matchup, right, since 2018. Uh, I don't know what that is. Kyle Shanahan versus McVay and San Francisco is coming off the Sunday night performance where their offense just looked all over the place. I mean, Jimmy G didn't... Quite look like he's ready to take on that offense just yet. Um, although I think better things are ahead for the 49ers because Jimmy G is there. But mm, tough one because the Rams looked better last week against the Cardinals, but they're also still not quite there, you know, a little clunky. Uh, you know, Cardinals felt like they could have come back in that game a few times and the Rams just kind of let them, letting teams hang around. I don't think you can do that against the 49ers in Santa Clara. So uh, slight lean to the 49ers here, but for what it's worth, um, Kyle Shanahan is not good as as a home favorite, and he's not good against the Rams either in those situations. So they're not used to being a favorite in this matchup. So we shall see. Uh, this is the first time in, in two years, two seasons, that the San Francisco 49ers are favorites against the Rams. So they usually win, but now there's expectations for them to win. So I'm off this game. Better game for me to just watch.
0: Brad, the Rams come off the win in the division against Arizona. They also won over Atlanta. They've been giving up some points, though, the first three weeks of the season. Any thought, if no, official play with them going to the 49ers?
2: Yeah, I I initially lean Rams, but I don't think you're going to have me uh, taking a public dog. I mean, a public favorite on the road in prime time. Uh, Both offensive lines are going to be suspect. Uh, Williams is probably not going to play for the 49ers. Um, so I expect the Rams to get pressure on Garoppolo and vice versa. That Rams offensive line is not good. So I expect the 49ers to get pressure on uh, Matt Stafford. This is who could keep their quarterback up right the most. Um, I do lean Rams here, but it would not shock me at all if Vegas cleans up in this game and they absolutely put the public out of business with a win by the 49ers.
0: Interesting. Again, San Francisco struggled on offense. Elijah Williams out with the D injury Uh, They struggle to run the ball, which is something Kyle Shanahan wants to do, try to get Debo Samuel a little more involved, George Kittle a little more involved. Uh, We shall see. They have had the Rams number. There's something to be said for that. So that's the matchup in Santa Clara for Monday night football for that one coming. There we go. That is 16 games analyzed here on the show on a Thursday afternoon. By means of recap, let's go back and take a look at what the handicappers are officially on. I won't go over every game, but you do see that Chris has a parlay with the Giants and Detroit to pay attention to, both of them on the money line. The handicappers do agree as well on the Arizona Cardinals. I can't believe the swerve from Brad that he's taken the Chiefs as the road favorite (laughs) in the rematch with the Buccaneers. The loser of that game is 2-2. How about if Tampa Bay doesn't win it, they will have won the first two games on the road at Dallas and at New Orleans and then lost two at home to Green Bay and Kansas City if they don't win it. That would be a wild 2-2 and and not a 2-2 that anybody would have forecast. Win the first two on the road and then lose the next two at home. I don't know that Brady lets that happen. I don't care who the receivers are. We'll see. We'll see if that's the case. We will find out. Any final thoughts, guys, before we are done? Chris Farley, any final thoughts before we uh, embark on another week of NFL action that will kick off with the Dolphins and the Bengals on Thursday night and move all the way through the Rams and the 49ers on Monday night?
1: Yeah, only for me. is uh, For me, this is probably the last week that some teams could really surprise us. Like, oh, that team is that good. Oh, that team is that bad. Things are starting to settle down a little bit. We're getting a better perspective on all these teams. So, again, be cautious with your bets this week. You know, you're betting on a team like the Raiders, perhaps. Uh, You know, maybe, you know, be cautious. That's all I'm going to say. But we're starting to get there where we have a more holistic picture of who these
2: teams are. Brad, any final thoughts before we're done? We appreciate you hopping on. Anything else? Yeah, first, thanks for having me. And second, I would say this is a good time to say this. This week is going to be a week where we're going to have a lot of players, and it's going to start happening. A lot of players are going to be last-minute scrubs from games. Do not overreact. Vegas knows that a lot of these guys are questionable, and they bake it into the line. It's the deadliest trap you can find yourself in is overreacting to a player being out and betting the other side.
0: Love that, Brad. Good advice there uh, on that uh and just pay attention to line movement etc cetera, etc cetera. like that cardinal line keeps coming down farley you have them on the three dog thursday show you have them yeah. here on the nfl show that thing might be pick them before we get there so get so, in while you can the cowboys, get the points
1: right? going down too <laughs> Yeah, and the Cowboy, so and the cowboys strange as strange well
0: for that matchup with the commanders so we'll see what happens there as the as the lines move around listen guys great job on the show today thank you chris farley Thank you, Brad Thomas. A great job here debuting on the NFL show. Boys enjoyed it. Be well.